Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Chad Jarvis. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing good. There's there's only three games left, so I'm doing pretty Mercifully. good now. We can see the end of the, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and thank God it's almost over. Yep, and you know we're one step closer to Manager Watch 2021 being over. And finally having a name to bring us down into the championship and maybe try to climb our way back up next year. Fingers crossed. Yep. Did you not to not to bring this up right now and right at this moment, we'll talk to it later in uh, the pod. But if you pull up the odds right now, there's somebody's name at 20 to one that would shock that wouldn't really shock you. But yeah, I, I laughed when I saw who was at 20 to one odds to take over. Wait, who was it? Um, I don't know if you know this guy's name, but his name is Chris Wilder. <laughs> 20 to 1 odds to take over to be our manager. I was like, really? You put his name back on the odds list because we just don't have that many candidates. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me, man. That's throwing your money into the garbage can if you place that bet right there. Yeah, right. There's no way he comes back. Not so yeah. soon. Maybe in five to ten years. I think yep. personally, Nigel Atkins has better odds than than Chris Wilder <laughs> does of coming back to United. Yeah, right. I think I think Neil Warnock has better odds of coming back to United than Chris Wilder <laughs> at this point. Although, I mean, he wouldn't be so terrible. You know? No, no, he wouldn't. I mean, he's got Middlesbrough playing good, good in the championship. I mean. They're middle of the road, but they're not. You have to look at their players, special. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's down to their squad more than anything exactly. else. But um, I mean, just for the memes, it, it would be hilarious if that somehow ended up happening. It won't, obviously. But yes. hey, I I take Warnock back. But um, we'll talk about that in in a little bit. I first just want to briefly discuss with you our 2-0 loss to Crystal Palace or 0-2 loss to Crystal Palace at the weekend. Um, this was actually the first full game this season that I did not watch a minute of, if you can believe it. I had a conflict at the weekend and just was not able to, to put it on. And even if United were playing better, I still wouldn't have been able to watch this game, unfortunately. And this is only, I think, the second game this whole season that I haven't watched, which is pretty unbelievable that to this point I've watched 33 or 34 Sheffield United games in the Prem this season. Uh, but I just couldn't put, I couldn't get to a place where I could watch it. Couldn't even get it on the mobile, but I mean, I didn't really miss a great game or anything. No. Did I Chad? I was about to say you did not miss anything. I mean, it was, it was normal us. I mean, there was nothing that could have changed us. I mean, we, we couldn't have done anything. We had zero shots on target. I mean, that sums yeah. it up right there. Yep. I mean, it was just – it was awful. It, I mean, when when the goal went in in two minutes, I was like, uh, come on, guys. Like, this is really how we're going to start this game? I mean, surely we can defend better than this. But it, it just had the when, – when that goal goes in – you know, like I've talked about in previous podcasts, if you go back and watch teams in the past that have got relegated, the same shit has happened to them that has happened to us 
all year. And it's just when goals like that get deflected in, you, I just sat there and laughed. And I was like, this is unbelievable. This is so unbelievable. I mean, it was bad luck, then, which has been the story of our season. Just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. And injuries, just not being able to find any sort of form for the first 18, 19 games of the season. And inability to score goals. We've said it all all season. And that, I mean, you can't really call it an own goal by Balduck, but because he was trying to block it. And this like most frustrating part about that second minute goal is that Ramsdale probably would have had it covered. I mean, Benteke shot it right at Ramsdale, yep. like right at him. He would have had mm -hmm. it covered. And then it's just a bad deflection and it bounces and it goes over Ramsdale's head into the back of the net. And there's nothing that you can do about that if you're Ramsdale. But yeah, I mean, Bulldog shouldn't. I don't know. I, Chad, do you feel? I mean, you're you're a center back, okay? Do you try to go and block that shot, or do you let your your keeper have a, a clean look at it? I mean, it, it's to me, it's like instinct. You know, you always want to go after the ball and get it out and and put less stress on your goalkeeper. And obviously, looking back at it now, Bulldog should have just let. Ben Teke shoot the ball because it was going straight at Ramsdale and he had it, but he wanted to track the ball down and clear it out of there. Yeah, it took a massive deflection, but throughout this season, we've had a couple, actually more than a couple, we've had a bunch of trouble getting the ball. Like if it's, if we're seeing the ball to the goalkeeper or we're passing it out or we've just had some issues and now it's because it's been chop and change in the back line and we haven't had the same starting eleven or starting back three in God knows how long. And so it's just like mix-ups and stuff that happen. And I don't know if you would think that Baldock and Ramsdale have played enough together this season to where they would have that down pat. But back to my point, he was just going to do his job and it just it was one of those deals he thought he could get the ball and get it out before it took a massive deflection yep yep well that was a bad goal to give up and i mean so was the the other goal that the goals book ended the game basically one in the second minute and one in the 88th minute you know as a making that driving run into the box cutting it back soft roller just kind of rolls into the net you know yeah. it was so frustrating there i mean lunchroom I just wanted to grab if I could have reached through the through the TV screen and just choke him out. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Don't even come into the game. I don't know why Hacking Bottom put him in. It's not like we're gonna, it's not like we're proving anything by putting him in the game. He doesn't want to be there and he gives a half-assed challenge and then just gives up out of for no reason. And it's like, dude, come on, man. Clearly, we know you don't want to be here. If the manager says, hey, we're going to put you in the game, say, no, I'm good. I'll just – there's got to be somebody else on this bench we can put in to play that spot. Even if they don't fit, slot somebody else in there and let's just not have half-ass, half-hearted tackles or, like, grab things or whatever it was. I don't need – I can't even explain it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, here's what I will say. As far as performances from midfielders in this game, I thought Ollie Norwood actually had a pretty damn good game for himself. 
He did. You put in he two did. corners, I think, that were really good scoring opportunities. And he also had a free kick that was inches away from being a goal. It was probably one of the better free kicks that he's taken all season. Yeah. Yeah, he did. This was the first game in a long time that I haven't wanted to choke him, too, because it's just like, where is the old Norwood? And when you said set pieces, John Fleck, man, when you take the corner, you got to be able to beat the first guy. Yeah. I mean, half of the corners that we took, we hit the first guy. I mean, yeah. there's there's no reason why you can't get the ball over some guy that's 20 yards away from you, get it over his head, and get the freaking – you've done it a thousand times in your career, if not more. Beat the first damn man, dude. But Every Chad, time. That, that's been the story the whole season, hasn't it? I mean, how many yeah. corners have we seen – this season where we try to go, you know, low and short with it and we can't get past the first man. Just get it to the far post for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. Just boom it over everybody until somebody, I think they did that on one of the corners. I think it, I think they just bombed it over everybody. And of course, no one's standing there because it's like, hey, why do I mean? I mean, we shouldn't even put anybody in the box because, like, the other teams know, like, hey, they're not going to make it past the first man. So just stand here, Jimmy, and he'll kick it right into you, and we'll just clear the ball off out. And so it's like our players are like almost defenseless in there because I don't think we've scored a goal from a header a couple McBurney. times this year. McBurney. Yeah, I, only a couple times. And it's not like we're having center backs jump up over defenders and head the ball in like we were seeing last year and, and in previous years. It's just when we can't do anything, it's just another part of our game is neutralized by by the opponents. And these opponents aren't even getting out of first and second gear, man. They're cruising. Yeah, They are cruising through this game. Crystal Palace was comfortably in front. At 1-0, you you were like, there's not, there's no way in hell we're getting a goal. It's it's just it's so frustrating. I will say this. We did have a couple of really good opportunities to score. I'm thinking about that Egan chance where it fell perfectly to him on on a on a corner. I think it mm -hmm. was and and he just like booted it over the bar. Like I mean, it was with the outside of his boot and he just didn't strike it cleanly at all. But that should have been a goal. Uh, Norwood, another uh, a good free kick. I think this was in the 66th minute, and it fell to Basham, and it just went wide of the net. Like, mm -hmm. you hit it into the side netting. Should have scored there. So we had the chances. We just didn't take advantage of them. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about Osborne. He put in a beautiful cross that was dead on for Jebson, mm -hmm. and he just skied it over. I mean, look, it's his first game. In the little nerves, you know, so I mean, you can't really fault the lad too much, but it was a good opportunity. And I mean, I think just further is emblematic of the quality that Osborne has. I mean, yeah. he wasn't I, I he wasn't noticeable a lot throughout this game, but he shined in certain moments. And that was one of the moments where where he was, you know, really had a really, really good moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think our players just want it to be over with. So we can get a fresh start at next year. You know, yeah. we've been saying for how long? Let's see Brewster get a goal to get his confidence. That's not going to happen. If we score another goal, if we score another goal, we'll be lucky. In the you last three games, 
Yes. I think we're going to score. I, I think if we get one in the last three, because we need how many more goals to not be the worst? I think we need two or three more goals to not be the worst all-time Darby's all-time record. Because we're on 18. I think we need to get to 21. I think their record is 20. Uh, we won't get that. We I don't I don't think I think there's a possibility that we could tie it. I think we could score against Newcastle and Burnley respectively, but I don't think we'll beat it. I don't think we're a I don't think we're scoring more than one goal in a game, first yeah. and foremost. And secondly, I don't think we're gonna score against Everton at the weekend. No, yeah, we're gonna get that's gonna be that's gonna be a goals to nil result there. I mean, they're they have games or they have things to play for and you might be right on Newcastle and Burnley because they're going to be on the beach because they're like, okay, we're safe. We're not going to, we're probably going to trot out a rotated squad against us and we might nick a draw out of these last two two games, but I just don't see it. I mean, even though I looked at the, the, the table now, we're 20 points off of 17th spot. Wow. That is unbelievable. 20 points off of. <sighs> Yeah, I don't I don't think that Norwich last year was 20 points off, were they? No. No, I not don't even think close. so. Mm-hmm. Not even close. They had what they finished with what 25 points last year? Yeah, I think it was 24, 25, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's... I mean, hey, we've we've equaled their their wins, the number of wins that they had last year. Yeah. I mean, it's so few and far between our wins. It's just like you just think like how many of those games rightfully should have been draws or you know would have been draws had we had a full back line had we taken advantage of our chances i mean you hate uh, you hate doing this to yourself we've done it so many times this season played the mm-hmm. what if game you know but uh, we get 10 draws and i mean things look a lot rosier from where we're standing yeah we're, we'd probably we'd definitely still be down but I don't know. We'd have we'd have the de- deficit to seventeen plays because if you give us ten more points, we're already we're twenty points off. We'd still we'd probably be above West Brom because yeah. actually we might be on the same points as West Brom. I'm not sure if if uh, West Brom has twenty seven points, but I know seventeenth place is on thirty seven points. And damn, damn if I'll be forty points every year, right around forty points. Yeah, just get you safe, man. Yep, yep. I they they always say that it's like between thirty seven and forty one points. That's that's safety right there. Mm-hmm. Damn. And you know, I mean, if we make it back, you know, we need to build a team at least for the few first years back. If we make it back, that can make it to thirty seven points. Yeah. I mean, the problem was was that we were building a team to try to finish as high as we did last year and banking that the performance was going to be the same yep. and the performances were just not the same this year. I mean, you know, you can also blame it on supporters not being there. You can blame it on the fact that there was no off season. I mean, I'm just excited for the lads to get a fucking break. Yeah. Once. Yeah. And yeah. most of them aren't going to be, I mean, I, we don't have any, players who play on national teams that are going to the euros besides no is norway yeah norway will be at the euros right yeah 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 so i mean and but not even gonna be our player next year. yeah right exactly exactly 
Did you hear that? Sure. Do you hear that? I think AC Milan put in like a 10 million euro bid for Burger. Really? Like, fuck off. Absolutely yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Come on, man. He's gonna go, he's gonna go somewhere in the Prem. I've heard a lot of rumors. Even Arsenal's keen on signing him. I think Arsenal, I think Tottenham were looking at him. Arsenal wanted him last year, though. Like, like when we yeah, got him in did. the transfer window, they 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 wanted him badly. Yeah. So I mean, as bad as Arsenal have been, hopefully they can pony up the cash to give us a hefty, hefty, hefty uh, price tag for him. Well, it's, be, 30, uh, it's thirty-five million. That's the release. I'd be happy with that. I'd be I'd be happy with thirty-five mil. Yeah, that I mean, that will cover basically all the money that I think we'd spend in both transfer windows next year, if not double that. I mean, I don't, I really don't see us spending more than 20 million next year in transfers. Yeah. Because you got to thank the price tag for a lot of the championship players. And as the playoffs are forming in the championship, Bournemouth has a pretty good chance of, well, they played Brentford in the first, in the semifinal, like, if Brentford beat them, Bournemouth are going to have to get rid of some of their players because I don't know if they can exactly afford them going into next year. I think they were banking on like what Watford and Norwich have done to be able to keep them to go right back up to where, okay, we can, we can get back on that Premier League money again and we'll be able to play everybody. Now I think if they, if they bow out in the first – in the, the semifinals or even the final – they might need to get rid of some of their good players, and then Bournemouth could come back to the pack because I think, obviously, Fulham is going to be your favorite to go right back up into the Prem, but Bournemouth's going to be right there. But if we can snatch some of those players for discounted prices from Bournemouth. Do you have, do you have any in, in mind who you'd like to see in the side? Well, you know who we'd, who we'd like to see David back. Brooks. But- Fuck. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, they want they want thirty five million for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll we'll play or we'll pay that amount for him. But it's just like some of their they're gonna be they're gonna be keen to hold on to Dan Juma because he has absolutely come out of freaking nowhere. And I mean, Solanke. If we're looking for another strike partner, if we could get rid of Burke and bring Solanke in, but I don't, I think they'll be keen to keep in Junior Stanislas. He's a good another striker. Ben Pearson, a good midfielder. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's a, they've got a good bunch of players. Diego Rico and in yeah. the back, yeah. he would be a good defender for us. Yep. Ooh, especially, especially if Egan or O'Connell go out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Diego Rico would be a good. Sp- Space for for him. I mean, it it's Jefferson Lerma. Ooh, he's a very good player. Very, very good player. So I mean, it's it's just one of those things, man. You, you hope, I mean, you know their competitions get they're gonna be there. Bournemouth's gonna be there for competition next year, but hopefully they can't afford them and we can swoop in and get some of these decent players. Yeah, I think they were banking on going back up this year. I really yeah. do. I mean, they, yeah, they were. They didn't sell. They didn't sell basically anyone, really. I yeah. mean, you know, with uh, one obvious exception. But um, yeah, I mean, they really didn't get rid of a lot of their a lot of their players because they thought, yeah, we're we're going right back up. And if you look at Watford and Norwich, they did a lot of the same thing. 
they didn't sell hardly any of their players. I think Norris sold one of their players to Everton and got in a couple other players. Watford, the same thing. They have see the one thing is, is there's a lot of there's a lot of players on Watford's team too that that I don't think are going to be there ne- necessarily next year because not because they can't afford them. They just want to move on somewhere else to a different Premier League team. And you never know. Some of those players might dip their toe back into the championship and we might be able to pick some of them up. It's a possibility. So, Definitely yeah. a possibility. I, I'll be honest with you, though. I think, you know, Sheffield United are going to be looking at the free transfer market, the players that are going out where we can afford their wages. I think that's going to be a definite option for us. And I don't think we're going to be paying a lot of big money in the offseason. You know, we've got never. what we've got. I mean, if we can get good performances out of the under 23s like Jebison uh, from from the weekend. Who knows? Who knows? We have a very good under 23 side. And we've said for the last few weeks, like, play the kids, play the kids. Glad that that he got in. And I mean, by all accounts, he is going to be a decent player and we will be seeing him at the lane for a few years. But he came on in the second half. I was like, okay. They're finally listening to us. We have nothing to play for, so we might as well play the kids. And he had a – I mean, he had a good chance. Right. Yeah, I think he had a good chance at at a goal too. And, you know, like you said earlier, it's just kind of with all that pressure of – even with the without the crowd being on. See, I don't know if that's one of those things. If we had a crowd that could have urged and ushered him on, and maybe he scores that. You never know. Yep. You never know. But in in a flat environment, it was hard for him to. Yeah, he had the big pomp and circumstance of being in the prem, getting coming off a bench, and running out there. But I don't know. I, I think he'll do better if we can utilize him in the championship next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, you made a a fairly good transition moment right there, Chad, because fans are going to be back at the lane for the last game of the season. It's estimated that 10,000 fans are going to return to Bramall Lane for our our fixture against Burnley. And, I mean, I'm I'm really happy to see it. I hope that it's not a rain of booze, you know, now that we've been relegated and everything. I hope that people are just going to be happy to be back at the lane and, and cheer the boys on. And, you know, hopefully we can just play for some pride and maybe get a victory in that game spurned on by, by the support. But I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts on on fans in the in the last couple of games here? It's it's cool to it, it finally we'll get to take down those stupid banners, the one that says "You fill up my senses," where the camera always pans to it. Everybody asks me like, "What does you fill up my senses mean?" And I said, "Don't." It's a song. Don't worry about it. You'll never know it. And all those like random sponsorship things. It's good to actually see people sitting in those seats, what they're made to do. And I'm hoping they can finally take the the artificial crowd noise off the game and they can put actual crowd noise in there. And I don't think it'll be booze. I think it'll be more of like a celebratory mood, you know, kind of like it's over, we're down, we're glad to be back in. Hey, the team's going to take a lap of honor on the stadium. Say thank you to the 10,000 people making it in. So it's it'll be a good thing. I think I don't think we're going to the the United fans are going to go out and boo them because 
they've booed them all season from their couches. So go out and, and just cheer on the boys for one last 90 minutes in the primary league. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, I hope that that's the demeanor of the support. I mean, I have to say there's nothing quite like live football and having the fans in there. And I mean, it makes such a difference. I will say I, I'll just, if I can give you a quick anecdote, I, I went this weekend to the Los Angeles Derby, the, the El Trafico and watched my galaxy beat LAFC two one Javier Chicharito Hernandez scored and Jonathan Dos Santos scored. It, it was an amazing atmosphere. And look, I mean, it, there were 8,000 fans in, in the ground, but it was really loud, which was really cool. You wouldn't have thought that there were only 8,000 people in, in the stadium. But yeah, if live football is inevitable. It's already happening here in the United States, and it's imminent in the UK. And if you're listening to this, and if you're going to be there on the last day, go have an absolute blast cheering on the boys. And I mean, what else is there to say? I can't wait to be over there and, and, and cheer the boys on with you guys. Hopefully Absolutely. next season when when they allow full capacity. But yep. the one thing we won't have, won't be able to look forward to, is a Steel City Derby because if the you piggies not, are down. <laughs> yep, if you are have been living under a rock, they went down, and we'll, we'll shed a little bit of light on the piggies. But that was an enthralling three-three game with Derby. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. I was yelling at my TV, flipping the bird to every one of the Wednesday fans or the players and. I was just – I thought they were going to stay up, and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to pull it off, and they're going to stay up, and that's all we're going to hear is when how Wednesday pulled off the great escape and, and survived. But Darby and Wednesday should have went down. Rotherham should have stayed up. They Rotherham conceded an equalizer in the dying embers of the game to draw one one with Cardiff, but and they sent them down and kept Darby up, but it was, I mean, that, that final day for not having crowds in the grounds, it was, uh, it was surely enthralling. And I'm glad to see that the piggies are bye-bye and have fun in league one. And then the year after that league two, and then the year after that national league and <laughs> on and so forth. From your mouth to God's ears, man, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I bet, you know, they didn't, where they weren't able to pay their players again last month, which is just pathetic. And they no. might go into receivership in a couple of years if they can't get someone in. And I'm always torn because, you know, at the same time, like that, I hate, I hate them. I also want to play them because we're clearly a better squad than they are. I mean, I hope we get them in, you know, a cup next season. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. And it's one of those things, yeah, it's our rival, and you never want to see them do well, but you also want them to get their finances sorted out so they can be a, a club and they don't end up like a team that tumbles down the, the leagues like Bolton and Wigan have done, where they've gone to from being in the Prem to now they're in League One and League Two. And it's just like I yeah, I don't I don't like Wednesday at all, but you also don't want to see them on the verge of where they just completely go out of business and go away. You want them to get sorted out, whether that means somebody comes in and clears all the debt and buys the club and gets them sorted. Because I I, I have a feeling they're going to be down there, at least in League One, 
for a couple of years because it's similar to what, what Sunderland went through. And look at where they are. They're still in the playoffs fighting to try and get out of League One to get back into the championship. So it possibly could happen to where they're down there for two or three years. You never know. Right, right. And, I mean, the other thing that's interesting is if Barnsley can somehow pull it off and win win their semifinal and then win the final, there will be no teams besides Sheffield United from South Yorkshire in the championship next year, which is so crazy, man. I mean, you know, there have been times in years past where there have been three or four teams from South Yorkshire in in the championship and yeah so i'm my i'm kind of rooting for them you know i i'd love to see them or brentford go up those are the two the two squads that i really do want to see get in that last promotion position yeah i'd agree with you on that it's and it's kind of one thing with barnsley if you have to play Barnsley, they make you play their style of football. It's not like you're going to come in and you're going to dictate to them what they're going to do. No, they, on the other hand, they're going to flip the script and they're like, okay, you guys are going to play like this and you're going to be happy playing like this. But another thing too, with both of our teams going down, how bad is this, the city of Sheffield in, like you said, South Yorkshire at football right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's I read it on somebody posted it on Twitter this weekend and they said it, they said, you know, looking back at this, the state of football in this city is just not good. You've got one team relegated from the prem and one team relegated from the championship to league one. It's just like, man, well, I mean, ball. You can look at Barnsley. You can look at, I mean, they're not really South, South Yorkshire. They're, they're more Western Yorkshire uh, in mm-hmm. Leeds, but yeah, I mean, you have, you have two teams, you know, I mean, you have two teams that have come out and represented and you've got three teams that have been kind of shit. So yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting playoff. I'm definitely looking forward to watching the championship playoffs. It's always, always a fun watch every single year it's a fun watch so um we you know got that to look forward to at least and we have an all english champions league final mm-hmm. yep. chelsea man city that'll be a good that'll be a good watch as well i mean look we're, the- we're not here really here to talk about chelsea and man city and the champ you know the championship playoff but we thought we'd just mention it briefly because with sheffield united not in any sort of form and the rest of the game is not really mattering in the grand scheme of things. It's what's interesting right now, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you got to give it credit in all English final and the champions league final says that, you know, England's going to have a pretty good shot at maybe getting something out of this euros, you know, who's not to say as many players at that, that have shined for these clubs. When you think of Phil Foden and Mason Mount, I mean, those two players, but I'm looking at at it as a whole for England when it comes to obviously the Euros and then the World Cup next year. England's on the rise here. This is this may be another golden generation where they have all their young talent about to hit their stride and hit their peak come yep. come these big time tournaments now. Yep. Yep. It'll definitely be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out 
on the Euros this year. I'll wake up super early if I have to, because you know those games are going to be pretty early for me here in the Pacific uh, Standard Time Zone. So I want to turn our attention to something that I'm not super keen to talk about, but it just happened yesterday and uh, it needs to be addressed. There was a video that was circling the internet uh, earlier yesterday, and uh, it's of allegedly, I'll say allegedly, Ollie Alleged. <laughs> allegedly, a <laughs> uh, little letter Kenny reference for <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly Ollie McBurney hitting a, a, a citizen, someone uh, filming, and I mean this looks really, really bad for him. What What are your thoughts? What are your What's your take on? on this video that's been circulating, Chad? Uh, I'm watching it right now. And, you know, it. How, the camera work is obviously shoddy. And you, you see, allegedly, Holly McBurney knock, the, knock his phone out and then go and try and step on it and smash it. And then he, it looks like he punches somebody in the head. But, dude, come on, man. This is no reason, no way for him to, I mean, put a bad mark on not only himself, but the club that he represents week in and week out. And if you're not going to be a part of this team and you're not going to live by the badge and live for the badge and play for the badge and love this club and love these supporters, I don't really see any reason for you to be on this team at this point. And I hope, like we, me and you talked prior, I hope this is the end of Ollie McBurney because it's been kind of brewing in his immaturity. You know, it's been noted that he has been the one to get into fights and, and get in, go to Cardiff and Swansea and make gestures at the players and all that stuff. And that's fine and dandy, but when you're in this situation – you're an adult. You need to act mature and your maturity level, especially, you know that everybody has a smartphone now and can record you at the drop of a hat. You're going to be on video and you're going to be on social media and your name's going to be a plastered all over it. So you just have to be smart when it comes to that, man. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, look, he had a drink driving incident last year. And I mean, this is just a, a series of, of incidents that are sort of emblematic of Ollie McBurney's immaturity if it turns out that you know he did this unprovoked the one thing that we didn't talk about Chad is that allegedly there was a bit of blood on his nose if you look at the video and you know enhance enhance the video uh you can see that he is bleeding so we have no way of knowing what happened before it's entirely plausible that he acted in self-defense that he may have been sucker punched or what or what have you as he was walking down the street. The other rumor is that this was a 15-year-old kid that this incident happened to, oh, wow. which is even worse. Um, but, I mean, if he was struck, if he was hit, I mean, that's an affirmative defense to, you know, to that sort of assault, in my, in my humble opinion. You know, you're protecting yourself. But at the same time, you look at the, you watch the video, he's coming at the kid, you know, mm-hmm. with a guy. Like he's coming yeah. for him. But again, just an ugly, ugly, ugly incident. Another 
blight on Sheffield United and just what has been one of the worst seasons in memory. And God, what else can happen at this point? I mean, really, it just yeah. we've mentioned it countless times. Just end the fucking season. If we could just jump in the DeLorean, kick it up to 88 and, you know, go to the future, the summer at least, because yeah. these last three games, I'm just not super excited to watch. Well, yeah, it, it just it's it snowballs and it's like, OK, hopefully giving these players a rest over the summer will let them clear their minds and give them, you know, a month to six weeks off to where they can clear their heads and get ready to come back into it. But like I said, we just don't have room for knuckleheads, as we call them over here, to be just doing stupid shit to get themselves splattered all over the front pages of the paper. Yep. So I hope it, it, this thing runs its course and it all gets figured out. But I also hope that Ollie McBurney is not on our team anymore because we just don't need we just don't need this sort of disruption when we're at the lowest in this club for the season getting relegated. And now we're trying to put things together to come back up the following season. We need the least amount of distractions as possible at this point. Yep. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, that's a pretty good transition, Chad, because we're looking at hashtag manager watch 2021. And it seems as if one Slavisa Djokanovic is in with a shout at this point. He has moved again up to the number one pick for the bookies. And it's been announced that they're they're going to be meeting with him and you know the link is pretty strong at this point. Um, a lot of the a lot of the media are reporting that they are expecting to meet with him within the next two weeks, and it almost seems as if it's kind of imminent that he will be making a move to Sheffield United. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on him? I, I in my opinion, he is one of the better choices, but yeah. I want to hear your take, Chad. I mean, he's he seems like a, a good manager. He does have championship experience, so. It, it'll be a good jump start for us and a good taking off point. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we wanted Eddie Howe and we wanted bigger names like that. But Jokanovic is good. It's just, is he going to want to do a lot of tinkering with the side? Are there players that are going to want to go out and he's going to want to bring in? So I'm curious to see if we do appoint him. And like you said, the rumors are strong that it could be pen to paper to sign him. In the in the coming weeks, I would have I would expect to probably wait till after the the final game of the season, probably the right. week after is when they'll announce our our new manager. But yeah, I, I'd I'm I'd be pretty good with that, and I'd I'd like our chances to do very do good next year under Jokanovic. Well, I you know it's it's funny because it's like. I think that the goals and aims of the club are obviously to get back to the Prem. I think that is the immediate goal of the club. But the actions that we've taken thus far haven't necessarily spoken to that fact. I mean, I, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like we're posturing to be spending big in, in the transfer market come the transfer window. I, I think that we're going to have to be just happy with 
you know what we have now and maybe make a move for one or one or two pieces and it also depends on you know if we if we sell Sander Berger which I think we 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 are if we sell an Egan or an or an O'Connell I mean how much money are we going to bring in for them and that's the money that we're going to have to play with in the transfer market and I think the idea would be to turn those one or two players that are going out into you know two to four halfway decent championship players you know, maybe maybe just those that are on the verge of being prem prem players, like they had a good season in the championship last year. So, uh, again, I our our woes are in our striking core, really. I who knows if Billy Sharp is going to be able to come back from his injury and even have a halfway decent year next year. I who knows if he's going to even feature. I mean, yep. he signed he signed with us. McGoldrick is another year older. Musse has not been on form, and I I could easily see him going out in the summer. Ollie Burke has been a big bust. I mean, there's a big question mark next to Rian Brewster. I mean, that seems where where we need some creativity. We need someone who's going to be able to come in and actually pot some goals for us next year. Yeah, and we are rumored to to be going after Peterborough's uh, striker. That led League One, Johnson Clark Harris. He had, I think, 28 or 30 goals this season in, a, in an automatic promotion season for for Peterborough. So, I mean, it, it's one of those deals. Do we take a flyer on him and he's unproven in the championship? You know, who's to say he could – it could be like an Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony went and scored all those goals for Brentford – and I believe he is the highest scoring championship player in history. I think he had like 40 some goals, which was impressive for a, a player that Bradford just picked up out of League One. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be, you know, bargain bin. I mean, I think there are a lot of championship teams that are going to go go after him. But mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think that Peterborough are going to want to hold on to him, right? I mean, have they expressed any any interest in in sending him out? I mean considering I mean, he's who got them there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they're not going to be keen on letting him go unless somebody splashes enough money at him and says, okay, we'll take this money and we'll put this money elsewhere. Here, you can have them. Because that's how these teams roll. I mean, Ivan Tony came out and, and they just took a bunch of money and Brentford got him and it turned into a team that when he was out of the side, they looked – a couple steps off, and now when he's back in the side, they look like a totally different side. So, yeah. I mean, it could be one of those deals. I don't know who wants – if we want to take a flyer on him, I'd, I'd be okay with it, but I could be eating my words in, in 12 months from now when when he hasn't scored anything and Peter Burrow going back down. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to transition here. We have a game at the weekend playing Everton at Goodison Park. And Everton's form has been kind of up and down a little bit. They they beat West Ham at the weekend this past weekend. They lost to Aston Villa. They beat Arsenal. They drew Tottenham. And they drew Brighton before that. So uh, they've been kind of on okay form. But... Uh, I think they'll come in and, you know, give it, really give it to us. I, I don't think that we have any prayer 
of achieving a victory in or even a draw in this game. And obviously their side is going to remain the, the same as it's been for most of the season. Richarlison and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top. Sigurdsson, Davies, Allen, Coleman, uh, Keane, Mina, Godfrey, and of course Jordan Pickford in net for them. And I mean, do you... Uh, do you see United making any changes at the weekend, Chad? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think we do. I mean, that lineup we rolled out there, I think Sander Berger will get more minutes. I don't think they'll whip him off at the 60th minute. I think Hackenbottom will keep him on to about the 70th minute. Other than that, I can't – I mean, please don't start Oliver Burke, I would hope. Yes. I, I, I would put Brewster in. Yeah. Brewster for Burke is probably the only change I can see. Yep. Yep, I'm, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Keen Bryant's kind of gone underneath the radar playing in the back. I mean, he hasn't been playing bad. We should look to keep him for next year. He could be a probably a pretty good championship player. But, yeah, other than that, I wouldn't make any other changes. I've seen a lot of United supporters saying that Keen Bryant isn't even a, a League One player, and I just don't agree with that. I think he's held his own in a very, very tough league considering, you know, I mean – Look, he gave us that that goal against Man United. He has had games that where he's been solid at the back. Has he been great? No, no, mm-hmm. he's not. He's not been great. But has he been okay? Has he been serviceable? Yeah, yeah, he has. He he's not a first team. He's not a first team. The first name on the team sheet at all. No. But you know, in a pinch to come off the bench, I don't I don't have a problem with keeping him next year. The problem is is that the price has to be right. The wages have to be right, and I'm sure that there are going to be teams that are pretty keen on him, uh, but he potentially could go off on a free because I think he's only signed through the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. He, his contract's up at the end of the season. So, I mean, he's free to walk, and hopefully we don't let him We don't let him leave. And, you know, maybe we can – I mean, he could be a serviceable, serviceable player in the championship. So, I mean, we just keep him on for one year. If he works out, he works out. If not, let him go after next year. But we're yep. going to need numbers, especially like we've talked about. If we're not going to replenish too many of our players, we're going to need players to build squad depth to go for 46 games next year. Right. This, this, this squad right now is not built for depth. Right. I mean, we can't be trotting out old man Jags there, you know, every other no. game. No, please don't do that. So uh, what's your score prediction for our game at the weekend against Everton? I'll go with a good old 2 nil loss. I don't think they'll get more than two, but they're going to have about enough chances to make it five. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say one nil. I think they'll have a bunch of chances, but I don't think they're going to score all of them. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. We're kind of on the same road I am. I just have them get, getting two. calvert Lewin's going to get both. Yeah. Yep, he always seems to score against us, doesn't he? Yep. All right, well, I think that's all the time we have this week for the red half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and give us a follow on Facebook at the red half of Sheffield. We also have a Twitter account. We post our thoughts on, you know, up to the minute news that happens for the club. You can follow our Twitter at Red Sheffield. And Chad, where can the people follow you on Facebook? on social media you can follow me at blades in the usa on facebook and twitter and on instagram you can follow me personally at c jarvis underscore 13 
And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Nestman930 on Twitter and at SunPuck on Instagram. Well, until the weekend when we play Everton at Goodison Park, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Thank you.